0: How are you, Eternity Church? Everybody good? How's everyone in every location? If you love Jesus, wherever you are, I want you to lift your voice and give Him some praise on the count of three. Are you ready? Come on, every location. If you're watching this online in your lounge room, get up in your jam-jams and get ready to give God some praise on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Jesus we magnify you, we love you, we adore you, we give you glory, For you are worthy of the highest praise, of the highest praise. Amen and amen. Oh man, I am so excited to be here at Eternity Church. I have heard so much about you. Uh, It is my honor to finally have the the privilege of being here at Eternity Church in Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, what a great group of people, what a beautiful city, what a lovely, what incredible pastors you have, if you love Pastor Jesse, Pastor Lauren, come on, you can do better than that, you're so blessed They have such incredible pastors, a brave, courageous man and woman of God. What a beautiful facility this is. Why don't you slap a high five with five people and grab a seat. Thank you so much to the praise and worship team. Thank you, Amanda. Amen, 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 amen. Wow. Are you having a good morning so far? You made the right decision. You're in church. This is a, a brilliant decision you've made. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am the husband of only one wife, which is good. Uh, even better, she's been the same one throughout, which is awesome. Uh, in fact, last week we celebrated our 27th wedding anniversary. Yeah, that's yeah, not bad. First time we've ever been apart for our wedding anniversary in 27 years. Uh, that cost me. Um, uh, but uh, but my wife Jillian is the love of my life. She's just the only woman I desire, the only one I ever want to be with, and the only one that I can afford. So, um, she's amazing. I have I have two children. My daughter Lara uh, is 19 years old. She's in college. We call it university down under. Studying fashion. Um, she's actually phenomenally talented at it. Uh, my son Will is 16 years old, six foot two. He likes to put his chin on the top of my head. Every day and every day tell me that I'm short, which is really encouraging. It builds you up. Um, but it is great having a tall person who can reach things in the high cupboards at home. I used to have a stepladder. Now I have a son. It's worked out really well. It's cheaper. No, it's not cheaper because uh, six foot two people eat way too much food. Like it's insane. I should, I should feed him chips. But, um, but uh, he is a chess champion and a, and a great young man um really feel honored to be here at eternity church i feel like this is a church that is in an incredibly special season and i feel blessed and privileged to be here with you in it um, as voices are emerging for uh the next phase of what god is going to do on the earth god has been searching for courage he's been searching for boldness he's been he's been searching for gideon's who'll get out of the wine press and um, it's not until Gideon got out of the wine press, not until Gideon had taken a stand um, and actually defied what had brought fear and intimidation into his village, into his community, that the Spirit of the Lord finally fell upon Gideon. And um, I literally am covered in goosebumps as I say that, because I feel like God has been waiting for this hour for your pastors, um, for your church. And I just want you to know, and I, I've just been feeling this the whole time that I've been here, that just, you know, you, you're saying, God, give me a word for this church. And I guess the temptation is to look for something lengthy and deep. Uh, and maybe it's in the simplicity that I've been struggling to receive what I continue to feel from the Lord every time I pray for you and pray for your church. And that is that uh, for such a time as this, that this is your hour. and And I feel like God is just saying, It's only just started um, and get ready for the great things that God is going to do because there is so much more ahead for you. So be bold, pray for your pastors, pray for your church, join together in unity because I'm telling you God has incredible things ahead and if you believe that for Eternity Church and if you love your pastors, then wherever you are. I would love you just to put your hands together and give God some praise. Come on, can we do that for one minute? Amen. Yes. We honor you, Pastor Jesse. We honor you, Pastor Lauren. Uh, If you have a Bible today, I'd love you to turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. um, The book of Jeremiah, chapter 23. Uh, I'm gonna read out just uh, three scriptures for you this morning, and then I'm gonna bring a word. And this is a a message that, uh, the Lord has laid upon my heart, and, and I just feel like um, that that maybe it's something for this season of time that we find ourselves in. Um, and we're going to read out three scriptures, Jeremiah chapter 23, um, and we're going to start reading in verse 21. Um, if you don't have a Bible, you can turn to a nearby Christian, um, uh, or, or you can use the screen. E-e- either one works, so... Uh, Uh, We're gonna start reading in verse 21. By the way, every word other than three words in the final verse says the Lord. Every other word that I'm about to read out is straight from the mouth of God through the prophet Jeremiah. I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. I have given them no message Yet they go on prophesying. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. We've got three verses, and in the first, God makes an observation. In the second, he extends an offer. And in the third, he gives us an understanding, an observation, an offering, and an understanding. Let's read them again. I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. I love this phrase. I have given them no message, yet they go on prophesying. You all already knew that a preacher doesn't need unction to fill his mouth with words. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. Here's what I want to preach around this morning, this final final verse. Am I a God who is only close at hand? Only close at hand, says the Lord. No, I am far away at the same time. Far away at the same time. God said about himself, I am the far away God. Let's pray. God, arrest my words. Open our hearts to hear. Speak in this place. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Before the pandemic, uh, I was doing a series of conferences in the nation of Japan. I love Japan. I love its culture. I love its food. Give me some sushi, Sushi. some Sushi, give me some, give me some fashion. I mean, the place is absolutely fantastic. It's a place of excellence, diversity, vibrance. There is more trap, more power lines in the nation of Japan than anywhere else on the face of the planet. It is just such a rich, rich place to get to hang out. I love it so much. And I was doing a series of conferences. We did one in one city on one day. On the Friday, we were in Osaka. And then on the Saturday, we caught the bullet train first thing in the morning and did a conference in the city of Tokyo. Tokyo, this mass of people, the conference had about eight to 900 registrations, which in Japan is an enormous conference, and I was on stage, and I was speaking. I had my translator, his name is Kirby, I would say a phrase in English, he would translate it into Japanese, and we had this rhythm down. We've been doing this for three days. So I'm preaching, and I'm declaring the goodness of God, and he's like, Kata wata. you know, like he's, he's translating it into Japanese I I don't really know Japanese other than Mitsubishi and you know other things like that he is he's given the translation into Japanese and honestly I'm standing there on the platform I'm looking out towards the back of the auditorium and my perception of how I was doing I was thinking John you are crushing it right now honestly I was thinking you're on fire this, 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 this church can't handle you right now. Like, I thought, I am absolutely nailing this sermon. But as I was preaching, I found myself going from looking towards the back of the auditorium to looking to where the volume of the people are. Now, it's Japan, so the room is smaller than the one that we're in. It has 900 people in it, and the front row is about here, well within spitting distance. You girls are safe, don't you worry. As I'm looking at the people, I began to notice that they were not engaging in eye contact with me. It was perplexing. I'm thinking, why aren't you looking at me? What is going on? I'm looking at them, and they're not engaging with me. I think I'm doing well, but they're not receiving it. What is going on? Finally, my eyes came all the way to the very front row. And when I found the very front row, every hand on the front row was pointing in the same direction. So I followed their hands, followed their hands, followed their hands. Until finally, over where Dr. Joe was sitting, someone was holding an iPad. And on the iPad, written in handwriting, it said, Pastor John's fly is completely down. Okay, first comment, we didn't need the word completely. Like, can we agree? Just get the sign up quicker than that, right? It's an extra word, we didn't need it. That's just bitterness overflowing from my heart, but I feel healed even just sharing that with you today. I am on that stage, and I am trying to give glory to the one true God. And I'm revealing a glory of a completely different nature. (laughs) And my perception of me and their perception of me, well, let's just say it could not be more different. (laughs) In our passage of Scripture this morning, we've got God giving us His perception of the prophets. And God's perception of the prophets and the prophets' perception of themselves Well, they just could not be more different. I mean, the Scripture literally says, God literally says, these prophets are running around all over the place. They have full itineraries, stacked calendars. They've got a preaching engagement, a podcast announcement. They've got a video series. They've got a book deal. They've got another place to go, a leadership seminar to do, a presbytery that's coming up. They have a stacked calendar. The Bible literally says they are running around all over the place. I bet bet if we were to go to the prophets' conference, we would find them saying, bro, I'm booked up. Everything's going great. The church is growing. God is moving. Everything's looking on the up. They have a perception of themselves. Things are going well. God is blessing me. His hand of favor is on my life. And then we look at God's perception of the prophets. And God is literally saying, they're running around all over the place, but I never sent them. They're up there prophesying, and I gave them no message to speak. Their mouths are full, their calendars are full, but their unction is empty. There is no word from God living on the inside of them. God is saying, they have a full calendar, but they have no unction." They have much activity, but they have no effectiveness. This is a prophet that is an empty oracle. And God's saying, I don't want an empty oracle. I don't want a leader without a mandate. And God does not desire any Christian to be living without a promise from God that is alive in their hearts. They're a hollow veneer. And in our world today, you don't have to look too hard to find that. Scratch beneath the surface. Look at your own heart today. How you doing, brother? Praise the Lord. God's moving. Everything is good. Really? I'm going to see your victory. We sing it, but do we know it? These prophets have replaced effectiveness with busyness. They're high on action and low on impact. They have religious activity, but they have zero revival. And when I read this passage of Scripture, it was like God did something in my heart because something came alive as I realized the greatest temptation possibly to the church in our generation is that we overoccupy ourselves with the semblance of religion. With the activity of church, yet we make no difference in the world that is around us. And I don't know about you, but I don't think for one moment that in Iowa we need a church that is full of activity, but nobody out there is being impacted by all the stuff that we're doing. We need a church of revival. We need a church with a voice. We need a believer with a mandate. We need a living word from God. Can I get an amen out there? Man, I think if our spirituality just gets watered down to the semblance of religion, but it doesn't touch the world out there, honestly, I think the devil is fine with it. He's kind of like, let's just keep the Christians doing Christian stuff. And let's let the world go to hell in a handbasket. But I believe what God has called Eternity Church to do and to be is a people with a living word from God on the inside of our hearts to make a difference in the world in which we live. Can I get a hearty amen to that? Come on. That's what God has for us. He makes an observation. They're running around all over the place. Now he makes an offering. He says, if they, then they. If they had stood in my presence. Oh, friend, I don't know who you are, how you came to be in church this morning, but I came to tell you that that might be one of the most exciting things that we can discover about our God is that even though we may be living in a way that is displeasing of Him, He still welcomes us to come before Him. No matter what happened in your yesterday, even in your present moment, God never said, I'm banishing you to the shadows. He says, if you wanna come, you can come. No matter what state you're in, you can come. Whatever's broken, you can come. Whatever you've been trying to hide, you can come. No matter how how empty you feel, how perplexed you are, how confused you might be, God says, come before me. All are welcome before the throne of grace. And if you're excited about that, one more time, let's give God some praise that He lets us come before His throne. God offers us intimacy. He offers us a message. He says, if they, then they. I came here to tell you that when you get something from God in your life, then it doesn't matter what is broken, God can change it. We sang it today that if you came in broken, you're going to walk out whole. And that's the power of the Word of God intersecting our current circumstances. Do we believe that church? That's the power, that's the potential of our God. And God is saying that he does not desire a prophet to be without unction. He's not looking for a Christian without a living relationship. God wants his people alive with a faith promise in their hearts and he invites the wayward to return and the empty prophet to rediscover their anointing. He says, man, things can be different. I can give you a totally different outcome. I still believe with all my heart that at the entrance of the Word of God, things can radically change. I don't even need you to come to my house. But if you speak the Word, the centurion said, then my servant will be healed. That's the power of a Word from God. He gives us an observation. He extends an offer. Now, how do we receive that offer? How do we do we, do we do this? If you had stood in my presence, how? Now he gives us an understanding in the form of a question. This is our theme for today. God introduces a question. So often we come to God expecting him to be the God with all the right answers. My experience has been, That he's the God with all the right questions. Who told you that you were naked? Sarah, is anything too hard for the Lord? You've been sitting beside this pool for how many years? Do you want to be made well? You ready to accept responsibility for your life again? Here's his question. He says, am I a God who is Only close at hand, says the Lord. Only close at hand. No, I am far away at the same time. Far away at the same time. I have some friends who are going to come and help me. Can you give them a big clap as they take the stage? Come on, these are great men eternity men, come on, give them a big clap as they come up and take the stage this morning. As they're forming around me, I want you to understand something about the the life that we're living, and you're going to see it visually in just one second. I, I feel like it's accurate to say that if we're honest, we've found ourselves at this juncture of human history, waking up in a world that is strangely different to one that existed even 15 years ago. I started in ministry before the iPhone. We find ourselves in a world right now that is radically different from the one that existed even even a decade ago where circumstances have changed and social norms have changed and we've found ourselves now living in a world where everything just feels like it's close at hand. I mean, we've always had jobs. We've always had to work. We've always had a job. But now you can wake up in the morning... And even if it's 5 a.m., some triggered boss or supervisor, or even someone that is reporting to you, couldn't sleep, and they've sent you stress-filled emails at 1 o'clock in the morning. And just when you're waking and you'd like to converse with your family and maybe read your Bible and enjoy a good coffee, because coffee makes you a Christian, brings out the fruit of the Spirit in my life anyway. And as you're waking and starting into the early hours of your of life, Day already your work is close at hand it's close at hand it's close at hand it follows you throughout the day and it's present with you everywhere and and I used to just live my life right Like my life, this is the world that was available. Listen to me, young people, you got to understand this. When I lived my teenage years, I lived my life and I knew what was happening in my life and in the life of my friends. But now I'm blessed. (laughs) So blessed I get to not only live my life, but I know what's going on in the life of everybody else. Except I'm living my reality while I'm looking at your airbrush fantasy. And what you're wanting to project to me, and it used to be that my life was here and your life was way over there, but now everybody's life, it's just all close at hand, at hand. And I used to know what was happening in my village. And does anybody remember when to see the news, you used to sit down at 6 p.m., right? And you'd have your dinner beforehand or afterwards, and then you'd sit down and watch the six o'clock news. But now, now we've got... 24 7 news on in America so many different channels and it's coming at us all the time and what we do to keep your focus on whatever is being pushed down that TV tube or smartphone or tablet or workplace TV to keep you fixed on whatever's going on whatever is sensational whatever whatever is whatever is tragic whatever is whatever is emotionally invoking by the way great muscles dude you're Looking fantastic, but I got distracted. It's like I want to say, "Just good job, good job." But, but while we're while we're trying to while we're trying to live our lives, whatever whatever is tragic. If there's an earthquake, we know about it. If there's a tsunami, we know about it. If there is, a, if there is an attack, if somebody died, if there is if there is an economic collapse, wherever anything tragic is happening all in the world, it used to be way over there, but now. Now that famine is close at hand. And anybody else remember when friends used to be something that you watched at 7.30 p.m. on a Wednesday? Now if you want to, you can sit in your lazy boy chair with a big big bucket of popcorn and you could watch every single episode for as many hours as you chose until you sleep, you, you fall into some kind of slumberous coma as a result of your popcorn. We can watch the whole thing as long as we want because everything is now close at hand. And all of our lives, I mean, sport used to be once a week, but now it's just coming at you. There's every sport possible, and it was one game, but now it's two games, now it's three games, now it's four games. And it's all just coming at you, and the world has strangely changed. We, we now live in a world of 24-7 pressure. We live in a world where nothing is at a distance. You want it, you got it. You desire it, you can find it. You want to you research it, it's there. You want to see it, you can see it. You want to buy it? You can buy it. It's all just close at hand. And we're struggling. So we're bouncing from the, the anxiety of the job, from the fear of the breaking news, from the distraction of whatever we're binging or whatever game we've got to watch, and we're trying to hold our relationships together because these still matter. And I used to leave the office and commute to my house, but now I've got a phone. So I leave the office with three phone calls to make and I make them while I'm getting to the house and then I get off the call where I've been yelling at somebody for a failed contract and I walk in the room and I'm trying to be a good husband and I'm trying to be a good father and I'm trying to engage with the people that are in. It's all just close. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's close at hand, it's close at hand, it's close at hand. And living in the world in which we now live It's easy to feel like the prophets that you're running around all over the place. I'm running around all over the place. I'm running around all over the place. I'm running around all over the place. The most valuable thing in the world today is not gold, silver, oil. It's not diamonds, not platinum. The most valuable commodity in the world is your attention. Any way that I can sell your attention would make me a multi-multi-billionaire. If I had a guaranteed way that I could get you to give me your attention for 10 seconds, what did Peter and John say to the paralyzed man at the gate, beautiful, look at us. And he looked at them, and then miracles could take place, because distraction robs you of the miraculous. If the most valuable thing in the world today is your attention, then the greatest temptation is distraction. And our lives are full of activity and lacking in meaning and purpose. We're living lives that are busy, but empty. It's close at hand, it's close at hand, it's close at hand. If there is one thing that I'm so grateful for about my God, and I want to get you ready to clap in a second, because in this world in which we're now living, and I've kind of doomsdayed it here for a few seconds, but I want to bring you into it one of the things i am so grateful for is no matter how great the pressure how complex the circumstances how how how, how many and, and 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 triggering and overwhelming the circumstances of my life might be i am so grateful that the god that we worship has not sort of drifted off into the cosmos, but that God has declared about Himself, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. I am so grateful that the God of the universe is always close at hand. Are you grateful for that? I mean, I might wake up in the morning and I get triggered by an email, but He's close at hand. Yeah, come on, praise you're close at hand. Let's pause. God is close at hand, God is close at hand. When I'm feeling triggered, when I'm feeling stressed, when I'm overwhelmed by life, it doesn't matter what's going on or how difficult the situation might be. In every situation, God is there for me. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am with you always. And even if it is hanging up the phone from the job, walking three steps to the front door and praying, Jesus, help me as I walk in that door, God's right there, and He calms me with His presence, and He's present in my life, and He helps me day by day, and I can still hear His voice, and He is a good and a kind God. And if you're grateful for that, one more time, just fill this room, every room, with praise to the Most High God. He's close at hand. He's close at hand. He's close at hand. He truly is close at hand. But what God brings us to the point of considering this morning, He asks us, am I only close at hand? These prophets are devoid of unction. They're absent of revival power. Because God said they would turn my people, we discover they have the power latent within them to make the world different than how it was. But they're running around all over the place. And so God says, come on, man. Am I a God who is only close at hand? Has anybody else like me found yourself in a place where you're reading the scriptures on your stupid, I mean, smartphone in the morning because you've got your Bible reading plan on your phone, and as you're reading it, your friends are texting you, and the app you use to shop is giving you a 30% instant sale notification, and somebody's email is coming in. If if that's you in every location gathered today, I'd love you to. If it's ever happened to you, I'd love you just to take one hand and lift it high in the air. Come on, can we be truthful? Come on, let's get honest. Yeah, thank you. Still a few liars, I think, out there. It's distraction. We're engaging with God close at hand. And God says, no, I'm not only a God who is close at hand. That's not, that's not everything. There's, you know me, but not completely. There is part of me that you'll never get to discover if you keep engaging with me in the middle of all this. If this is the sum total of your Christian experience and how you engage with me, you're never going to get what I'm offering to give to you. The only way you can get what I am trying to give you is if you go from just engaging with me in the middle of your day by day and you reach for me with the day. You need to acknowledge that whilst I am there with you in the close at hand, I am also a God who is far away. And to reach for the God who is not just close at hand but far away, I need to go from within the day by day, and I need to push back on everything that is close at hand in my life. I need to discover this powerful life-changing thing called flight mode. I need to, I need to separate myself from the other pressures that are in my world. Jesus said, Blessed is he whose master finds him waiting even in the second and third watch of the night, 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. In other words, when the distractions are minimal, this person is still reaching because they're not reaching for the God who is close at hand. Sometimes in your life, you need to switch it all off, shut it all down, deny the distraction. Refuse the overoccupation. Do to your brain what you do to your smartphone. Swipe up and then get rid of all the background apps. And reach, stand up here, my friend. And reach, you can stand on that drum riser right there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And reach for the faraway God. The faraway God can't be found with the distracted mind. The faraway God can't be received in a microwave minute. The faraway God doesn't fill you with what He desires for you if you come to church with your cell phone in hand during worship. The faraway God looks for flight mode. The faraway God looks for closed eyes. The faraway God looks for hands raised. The faraway God looks for a notepad. The faraway God God looks for the believer who hears the whisper of the Holy Spirit Like Jesus said to his disciples, come away by yourself. The God who says, the God who puts that flutter in your heart as you're picking up the remote control and says, no TV tonight. How about you just put on worship music, sit in a chair and just soak in my presence. That's the faraway God. It's the faraway God. The faraway God is what Jesus reached for when he went into the wilderness for 40 days of prayer and fasting. After being baptized and beginning his ministry, he reached for the faraway God. The faraway God is what Moses desired when he pitched a tent outside the camp. And he would go out to a tent and meet with God and then come back to the people. He knew that he couldn't get what he needed to sustain his role. If everything he was interacting with to do with God was in the close at hand, he needed the faraway God. It's the faraway God that Jesus, sorry, that got, that Elijah pursued when he climbed Mount Carmel to hear the whisper. It's the faraway God who fell in the upper room on the day of Pentecost and filled the disciples with power and authority, and took a man full of failure and defeat and rejection and anointed him to preach a sermon that saved three thousand souls that day. It's the faraway God who fills your life with purpose. It's the faraway God who gives you a vision for your life. It's the faraway God who intersects you at 3.30 in the morning and puts a promise from God in the middle of your heart and tells you your circumstances are going to change. It's the faraway God. It's the faraway God who awakens us to worship. It's the faraway God who fills us with vision. It's the faraway God who transforms us in our life. It's the faraway God that we need in our age. We need a generation who know how to do more than just interact with God in a distracted state. We need to be able to reach for the faraway. I love the faraway God. I love the moments in my life when that faraway God has come so close to me that everything else in my life has seemed so pale and insignificant and you fall on your face and you just say, you can have it all, God. You can have everything. It doesn't matter what. I just I just bow it to you because I want you and I need you and I desire you. It's the faraway God. It's the faraway God who fills you with genuine awe and wonder. It's the faraway God who makes worship a joy and not a chore. It's the faraway God who makes every verse of the scripture feel like it's just been written for you and it's the love letter of heaven to transform your life. It's the faraway God who gives you the promise that your child will be healed. It's It's the faraway God who commissions you to change your generation. It's the faraway God who ruins you for the ordinary. Guys, we need the faraway God in our age today. We need the faraway God. We need the faraway God. See, gather around me. Gather around me, guys. Gather around me. See, here's my concern. My concern about the age in which we live is that everything has come so close in hand and that we're living our lives with such a present state of hustle, we set the alarm to wake up in the morning on our phone. I mean, we're right there with everything, close at hand constantly. And my concern is that just like in the age of the prophets, maybe it is true of our generation, that with all the close at hand that is around us, we've lost what it is to connect to the faraway God. Can I sound like an old preacher for a second? When I stand in worship services and the worship leader finishes the lines on the song and the karaoke worship is over and the worship leader continues to worship but the congregation open their eyes and put their hands in their pockets, I think have we lost genuine intimacy? Have we forgotten the faraway God? Do we not know anymore how to pour out our hearts in worship? I watch believers and they don't even praise anymore. Like we wanna skip the praise song, right? Or we stand there in church with the latte in our hand waiting for the worship to finish because that's for the young people. Sorry, wait for the praise to finish because that's for the young people. And then when we sing the song that says God loves me, we put our coffee down and lift our hands in the air because that makes me feel good. And it's true, God does love you. It's valid to sing that. It's theologically accurate. But it's close at hand, God. I look at the songs that are being written and anybody else like me strangely disquieted that so many of the songs that we call worship are written about me? He loves me. He cares for me. I'm gonna see a victory. I mean, I love that song, by the way. I'm just saying, I shouldn't have quoted that. It's It's a powerful song and we should sing it. But I'm saying... I'm saying if every song that is coming out is written about my interaction with God, are we just singing of the close at hand, God? The angels of heaven don't circle the throne singing God loves me. They circle the throne of heaven, celestial, powerful celestial beings, seraphim, have been circling the throne of God for millennium of human history and it's never got old. They've never run out of awe and wonder. They've never tired in their worship. With fresh enthusiasm, they circle that throne day by day for millennium and they sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. They're not singing of the close at hand God. They're singing of the far away God. See, here's the thing, friends. The the close at hand God is valid and we need Him because He sustains me and I need the close at hand God. He gets me through my day. He gives me the strength to keep going. He makes me calm and peaceful and loving and kind. I need the close at hand God. He sustains me, but the far away God is the only one who can commission me. The close at hand God gets me through the crisis, but the faraway God gives me the promise of the vision that's on the other side of it. It's the faraway God who fills you with vision. It's the faraway God who gives you purpose. It's the faraway God that we describe as an encounter. It's the faraway God who falls in moments of transcendent glory and transforms ordinary rooms into habitations of the Holy Spirit's power. It's the faraway God who has ruined my life for ever being content for this. It's the faraway God we need in our generation. It's the faraway God we need in our lives. It's the faraway God that is calling to your spirit in this moment, saying to you, there is more. I have more for you. I wanna pour out my spirit upon you. The band can come and take the stage. We're nearly done, but Jesus went up the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. He came down the Mount of Transfiguration and the remaining nine of His disciples, I I have empathy for them. They're trying to drive out a demon and they can't. Let's just all agree, that's super embarrassing. Public display, you're a representative of God and the demon has more authority than you. That's That's just a bad day at the office, right? Jesus calls the boy to him. And drives the demon out. And the disciples say, why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we drive it out? Well, hopefully it's self-evident right now. Why can't we drive it out? Because this kind doesn't come out through close at hand God. Only Jesus said by prayer and fasting. What do you think I did for 40 days in the wilderness? John 13, the Bible says crowds came from everywhere to hear Jesus preach. If that was me, if that was you, we'd be like, book it, book it, book it, let's go. Crowds came from everywhere to hear Jesus preach. Finish the sentence. But Jesus Himself often withdrew into the wilderness for prayer. You, 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 you guys can, can go. Can you give them a clap as they leave? Give them a clap as they leave. Thank you, team. Love you. Appreciate you guys. I feel small next to you. Thank you. What we need in our age, team, is the faraway God. I feel His presence right here. Every location, stand to your feet right now. Lift your hands high to heaven. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There are people here in this building, these buildings today, and right now in your life are struggling, struggling with situations that overwhelm, struggling with pressures. Some of you empathize with the emptiness, the veneer that I spoke of at the beginning of this talk. You're projecting someone, something outwardly that you don't feel internally. That's not a good place to live. We all find ourselves there for seasons. It's a bad place to camp. What's in you is what comes out of you. The faraway God wants to put something in you today. There are people in these services right now who are literally gonna be awakened to worship, to awe, to wonder. And I promise you, even three months from now, you're going to have an encounter with God that's going to change the very course of your life. The faraway God is the faraway God. Lord, right now, over every campus, every location, I declare the power of promise. I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to, we sang. To do whatever you want to. That's the faraway God. I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to. Holy Spirit. Oh man, the power of God is, there are people in every campus right now, literally beginning to sense the manifest, the manifest presence of God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Put your hands down. Keep your eyes closed. Every campus, keep your eyes closed. In every location here in this, people online right now. There are people here in this message today, and right now you've come to church, but you didn't even know the Jesus I'm speaking of. You're here in church today, and you know that you're not right with God. Maybe you've been around church, but you know that today you're not following Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've been a church person but Jesus isn't at the center of your life. Or maybe you've got no idea whether you're a Christian or not. Friend, so many people in every campus today, every location are in need of making a choice to open their heart to Jesus, to begin your own journey of following God. If you're here today and you're saying, John, that's me. I've come to church today, but I don't know Jesus. I'm not right with God. I know I'm not right with God. I've been a church person, but Jesus is not at the center of my life. Or maybe you've got no idea whether you're a Christian or not. In just one moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you'll pray this prayer with me, today could be the day that you discover what it is to know Jesus personally. All over every auditorium, many people are saying, John, you're talking to me. That's me. I don't know Jesus. I'm not right with God. I've been a church person. Jesus is not at the center of my life today. Or maybe you're saying, I've got no idea whether I'm a Christian or not. If that's you, my friend, I'm going to ask you in just one moment to take one hand and lift it high in the air. I'll see your hand, then you can put it back down. But I want you to lift that hand so that you know when you pray this prayer, it's a heart thing. So I'm lifting my hand to acknowledge it. All over every auditorium, many people saying, John, that's me. I don't know Jesus. You lift your hand. I'm not right with God. You lift your hand. Being a church person, but Jesus is not at the center of my life. You lift your hand. I've got no idea whether I'm a Christian or not. You lift your hand. If that's you, my friend, wherever you are, I want you to take one hand, every location, and lift it high in the air right now. Say, that's me. God bless you. 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 you. Wonderful. Every other locations, I'm sure hands are going up. God bless you over there. I'm sure in other locations, hands are going up. Online, there's probably a way you can respond right now. Now, everybody say this prayer out loud with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to You. I need You in my life. I'm lost without You. I ask You, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. I thank You, Jesus. You love me, You accept me, and You forgive me. Amen. Amen. Now I want the biggest clap of the day for every person who just said yes to Jesus. Give them a big clap. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Eternity Church. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.